Welcome to the 320 Podcast, where we encourage you to reach for the immeasurably more life with Christ. From discussions on scripture, to poetic messages, to dreaming big with Jesus, you will enjoy a variety of episodes brought to you by Shelley Wilson Ministries. To find out more about Shelley Wilson Ministries and the many resources available to you, please visit our website at www.shellywilsonministries.org. Hey guys, it's Shelly. Welcome to this week's 320 podcast. So it's Wednesday again, and I guess I'm going to like Wednesdays. I'm sitting outside of a hair appointment and I've been pondering. It's been a super busy week in ministry and it's been honestly glorious. And I've been so um, grateful for the Lord for so many things. And I there's a couple of things that have been stirring in my heart. Actually, there's more than a couple, but I think I've finally settled maybe what I want to talk to you about. There's this thing that's been going around in my mind, this, this phrase, and it came out of my mouth when I was talking to somebody yesterday, but you know, I didn't really know what I was saying or why I was saying it. And I didn't even really understand what the phrase meant, but I said to somebody, maybe it's a season of a new garment. And so, so I remember thinking, why did you say that? And I was talking to a friend about it. She said, you know, Shelly, that's the beauty of the prophetic word. Even when you don't understand it, God will speak it. Right. It's the mystery of the Lord. When he wants to say something, he will. Because because Christ lives in us through the Holy Spirit, who is a person, not a thing. The Holy Spirit is a person who is active in our lives. He wanted to say new garment. And so this morning I I was chasing that down a little bit going, what does that even mean, Lord? And I, I was looking at an article on a, a man's, one of his blogs. I didn't really know him. And he talks about Joseph, you know, and how Joseph begins wearing a multicolored coat. And then... What happens, and we've talked a lot about Joseph here. It's such a great story of how how the life with Christ works. And, and you know, I think sometimes we, we hear the call of God. We kind of like David who gets anointed as king as a young boy. But, you know, he had a whole lot to go through before he actually took the throne. Um, and that's the same for us. Joseph didn't reach his place of calling until there was a very long road of of suffering. There was a... A, a road of loss. There was a road of false accusations. He had to navigate a lot of winding roads that were never expected. You know, he didn't he didn't know that by sharing a dream God had given him that his multicolored coat was going to be stripped from him and that he was going to be thrown in a pit because of jealous brothers and you know, we've been talking, we talked Monday night in our equip class about looking at the word through more than just natural eyes and, and seeing that it really is a, a layered word. And, um, you know, I think sometimes that even happens in the church, right? That we get a word from God, a dream or a vision. And then pretty quickly, even even the brothers and sisters come readily to strip you of, of that which God has already said to you instead of encouraging you and lifting you up in it. And um, I, 
you know, I was thinking about 20 years ago when I began with the Lord. I just wanted to sing. Music ministry was was going to be my thing. Um, honestly, I, I it was since I was a little girl, I just wanted to be a singer. Y'all have heard me say that. And a few weeks ago, I took two weeks off, and I had a terrible, heavy weight on me. Uh, and a few people knew about it. I was... I was in a very deep grief all day, all night. I felt like a, a blanket was over me. I couldn't, it was a struggle to smile. Um, and of course, I understand grief because I've been through it. And I've obviously seen a lot of people go through it by now. But I also felt something in my spirit like this wasn't the normal grief that I was used to. And a lady had texted me and she said, Shelly, I think maybe you're birthing something. And so I, I knew God had told me to rest for two weeks. Um, and it took me about an, a week and a half to get into that rest place with him. Until I finally began to hear things he was saying and get still enough where my mind didn't want to go back to work or go, go do, do something all the time where I could just be like Mary and stay in my prayer closet, stay in bed and read the word, watch videos of the, you know, sermons and teachings that would strengthen me in the spirit. Uh, and I, and I really, God really said to me, Shelly, you have not really surrendered to this deliverance life I've called you to. And, you know, um, I guess maybe I can only use my own experience in life and say, okay, I can see where over my life, the struggles I shared last week about 10 years ago, 12 years ago now going to be, um, it was my stripping away of, of who I thought I was of, of, it was like another death for me. Like the, the old Shelly had to die, but in the two week period of grief, it was like God said, but you haven't died to who who you were, even in this season. Like you, you're doing the thing, you're going through the motions. Yes, you're being obedient, but the truth is, your heart is not really postured fully on board with who I'm telling you you are. And um, I think that's that is a, it's a new garment for me. Right, I, I I had to I had to say yes to the new garment. I had to to say yes to uh, things like deliverance and meetings with um, with him in making deliverance a normal thing, making laying hands on people a normal thing, making exercising the gifts in the spirit a normal thing. And I think in the back of my mind, if I'm just honest with you guys, because I think this is going to resonate with some of you, we tend to want to stay with the safe spaces because some of us come from backgrounds that don't talk about a lot of this stuff, right? So it's hard enough being in ministry, but if you're a woman in ministry, it's a hundred times harder. Um, I hate to say just by nature of from where I come from, that was, it's not really that uh, wonderful to have women preachers or we don't believe in deliverance or we don't believe so many things. And, you know, when God starts walking you through things, and, and those kind of things are going to carry a weight of persecution with them. You may think you're sold out to it, 
but the truth is you're shrinking back a little bit. And, and I think I was, I think, you know, I, I drug my feet on talking publicly about what we were seeing in the way of deliverance um, because I knew I was going to be taken to task on a lot of things. And I was I was still I, I was still trying to get over the persecution of being a woman shepherd, a woman pastor. And and, you know, though I don't really carry that title, I just know I function in that role. Um, I don't require people to call me that or anything, but I, I do believe I do function in that role. I can look back on my young life and and see where my heart was turned towards pe- people in pain, uh, people alone, where this, there was always a shepherd in me, right? Um, and so I think there was just a lot stirring in me, and, and the Spirit of God was calling me to die another death, and that was the grief I was I was birthing something, but in order in order to birth something, I had to let something die. That that was pretty much it. And I, I think that's a lot of us because I have heard two uh, women ministers now. One of them, Cheryl Brady, I read her book uh, where she started as a worship leader, and then God awoke in her an author. And then God awakes in her a preacher. And then God awakes in her a pastor. And now she pastors a church. Uh, can she break out in worship song from time to time? She can, but it's not her primary focus anymore. She had to let go of who she was as a worship leader and become the pastor God had called her to. And that resonated with my own heart because I think there's a part of me that's always been trying to carry the girl with that, carry the old Shelly with me. And I think I'm finally seeing you guys, because some of y'all know me, you're in my rooms. I think I'm finally seeing, uh, after the last couple of weeks with God and, and what I'm seeing him do, even in all of our midst, that, okay, you know, this is something I have to say. This is, this, this is all about this season, and I've got to die to everything else and who I thought I would be. Joseph certainly never thought he would be second in command. But he had to learn, right, through pain and suffering. I think uh, my husband and I were talking about this last night. Some of the struggles I have had in my past with even church leaders, uh, specifically pastors, I've, I've had a lot of persecution in that area from the moment I stepped into a life with Jesus um, and they were very unusual attacks. They made no sense. I didn't really do anything to cause them to happen. And uh, we were, he and I were talking about all of those situations. And I said to him, I said, you know what I've come to realize is that it had to happen that way because God knew when he was going to call me to become a Deborah in a, in a church that didn't call Deborah's to rise in the correct and accurate biblical sense in my, in my past denomination and others, that I would have to be able to be brave enough to continue with Jesus, even if the top leaders rejected me, ostracized me, persecuted me and came after me right and so I've I've certainly seen some of that the last few years and if I had not been prepared by that same persecution I would not be able to stand today because now as we walk into deliverance ministry it's a whole nother level of persecution right and um, it's it's if you're a, if you're a baby in the faith uh, then it's going to be the same for you. 
uh, when I first came to Christ, you know, God ended up having to change my circle of friends. Why? Because, you know, I was a party girl and uh, there are, there were certain things God wanted to draw me into and he needed to put people around me that would teach me how to walk a holy life. Um, and the Holy Spirit has to help you do that. He's the one who convicts us to make changes in our lives. But I needed to learn how to pray. I needed to learn how to read the word. I needed to learn how to do a lot of things in my my old circle. Uh, if uh, if I'm honest, was not going to help me in that that area. And so God, you know, keeps moving you forward as you grow in the Lord. You're, I'm telling you right now, you will change circle of friends. Your your sphere of influence, those people around you will be changing with every season. There's a changing of the guards with every single season. And I think it messed me up a lot of times in my past because no one told me that. If someone had just warned me and said, hey, Shelly, don't get so used to the same faces that are around you now. Because when God moves you into into new assignments in the fullness of who he's called you to be, it is very likely that even the good people who are with you now won't be with you then. And I'm, I'm letting you know that now right? Love well the people around you, but when God calls you on, you can't love them so much that you choose them over Christ. And I had a lot of struggles because I didn't understand that. And so I want to keep you from going through those same struggles that I, I went through. So you're going to see throughout your seasons, a change of garments. It's going to happen again and again and again. Okay. Again and again, we see it with Esther. Um, Esther was an orphan girl who becomes queen. Well, I can promise you Esther never saw herself becoming a queen. And, and that's that's the interesting thing is we often uh, think we're going to be one thing. And we are super shocked, surprised, and confused when God is like, actually, that's not who I've designed you to be. I've designed you to be this. And there becomes a real struggle in us trying to hold on, not to just what we used to do, but who we actually were. And maybe that's just the point of the whole conversation today. I, I'm walking it out in my own life. I heard a story yesterday of a, a woman I, I watch. Uh, I tend to watch more of her. I don't watch a lot about deliverance because I'm really trying to trust the Holy Spirit to teach me himself so that I don't become a, hate to say a counterfeit, but let's maybe say a copycat. I don't want to copycat with somebody. I can learn from people, but at the end of the day, God is going to use my personality. He knows who's in my rooms and how they need to be handled, and I don't really want to grab hold of other methodologies, if you will, but I watch her because she's super gentle. She's also a shepherd, and so that's kind of my heart, right? I have a, I have some of you in the room have been who have been abused, and and I, although God may call me to be a fierce lion, let to let him roar at times, I I restrain that sometimes because I know you've had so much abuse, you certainly don't need it, people hollering at you now, right? Even if it's for your good in the way of I'm doing a deliverance moment, I'm very mindful of who who is in a moment of deliverance and how how tender I have to be in that moment to not accidentally have some collateral damage. And so I was listening to this woman's testimony and she was completely moving into uh, the Christian pop world. It's what she thought she was called to be. Things just never would happen for her. 
and she was very discouraged. I completely related to that. She was a songwriter just like me, but nothing ever opened. Just, the doors never opened. And she was frustrated and confused until she went to a church with a prophetic man, and he spoke over her, and he said, you're actually an apostle, and you will reach the nations. And today, she, she goes around the world, around the nations, delivering people of demonic bondages. And that, that was a personal word for me. I needed to hear that. She gets to help, help with the worship team and sing it at the very church that she is the apostle of. She, she raises up churches all around the world now. So it's not that I may not ever get to sing, but it is just not. It was a, it's a part of who I am. It's just not all of who I am. And so I had to come into agreement with the new garment, right? And so what is it in your life God is changing? Because sometimes I think we go, all right, why is this thing that I think I'm called to not happening? And maybe that's a good question, but maybe it's not the full question. Maybe the question is, am I really who I think I am? Or has God called me to be something other than what my heart is set on? Because during that two-week period, I had to reckon with my own heart desires. I had to let the little girl who wanted to sing on a big stage die again. Uh, the same way with this woman who's the apostle of the, you know, for the nations and doing a lot of deliverance ministry. She said, I had to let my own dreams die so that I could let God's dreams live. And I think that is such a word for us today because I think what happens, y'all, is we end up because we're led by our hearts, not led by the Holy Spirit. The heart is deceptive and wicked above all things. Who can know it? The heart thinks on its own. It has, it sets its, it's, it's almost like the heart has its own mind and it makes its own choices. And uh, that's why we tell some of you guys when you are going through a divorce, especially if you've been through abuse, wait a year before you even entertain another male relationship because you cannot trust your heart while it's in grief. You can't trust your heart while it's been severely wounded and while you're in a place that you need to go through a healing place first to be sure your heart's not doing the, the deciding for you. And it, it is the same way when it comes to calling and destiny, right? Is, the, is my heart deciding who I am or am I allowing Jesus to unfold who I am? Right. I pursued a whole lot of things instead of just waiting on God to unfold things for me. Um, I can say the last three years he has unfolded things. I didn't have to pursue deliverance. Right. It just showed up in my rooms. Uh, and many of y'all have witnessed that it's going to be the same for you. As you keep obeying this command in this command, no matter how little, no matter how big, Big or small doesn't matter. A, a, a small act of obedience is, a, is as important as a big act of obedience. Every act of obedience leads you closer and closer into the heart of Jesus, which means he, he's already opening doors no man can close and closing doors no man can open. And that's been a hard one for me, right? And for you guys, some of you, we hate closed doors, but the truth is the closed doors are as important as the open doors. The closed door is one step 
closer to the open door. So when I see a door closed, I'm like, bless the Lord. I may be frustrated and, and completely and utterly confused. But if that door does not open after a while, I'm going to realize that was not God's door for me. So I think perhaps some of you who are pushing doors and we're, we're trying this door and that door and and I'm all about, there are some things I believe in trial and error. I think you must be led by the Spirit. But I think some of us are actually not only chasing something that our, that our heart wants, but God doesn't want. We think we're somebody we actually aren't. And the negative thing of that is you will never become all you're supposed to be if you don't die to that. And say, God, crucify everything in me that is not part of your plan. Because I really do want to wear the very garments that you want me to be robed in in this season. Okay? And so I'm not going to belabor the point today. I'm just going to say, uh, I often go through the same things that I'm, I'm having to teach. Why? Because, you know, it's a lot easier for me to share with you something I've been through. And understand it through the scriptures and the stories. And I look at Esther and how she she was becoming who she was supposed to be. I look at Joseph and I go from the moment that he was given the coat and then it was stripped from him. Uh, the time he went to the he was thrown in the pit, then he was sold into slavery, and then, then he you know he I'm sure he thought maybe this is over, and he was falsely accused, thrown into prison. Then he was using his dream interpretation and said, please remember me when you get out. They didn't remember him. It was just one disappointment after another, another, and another. But all of those things made him who he needed to be when he became second in command to take care of the people, right? I have most often learned how to be a better shepherd because of what was never done to me or, or done for me. In other words, I walked through things, and I've, I've said this to my husband, maybe we've gone through some of these things so that we could do it better, so that we would remember how much that hurt and not, never do that to somebody else, you know. So we would remember, you know, there was a better way to do that without causing a lot of harm in somebody's heart, right? And that's some of you you need to think about. Listen, sometimes God is teaching us what not to do. We see it all through the scriptures. He taught, he was teaching us constantly, specifically when it came to women, what not to do. Do not lord over them anymore. There, you know, you're now, there's no male or female. You're one in Christ, right? He's constantly undoing what was being done through the scriptures and I think we forget we like to look at what he's doing in the word but we forget to look at what he's telling us not to do he's showing us by examples what not to do but then he's using all the negative things in our lives and using it for good so that we become a better version because he knows everything that's in us I can be a better shepherd today because I went through PTSD. I can be a better shepherd today because I know what grief is like and I, I can't dismiss somebody's pain and act like it's not a reality for them. I can be a better deliverer today as a deliverance minister by, by, by having to have the compassion necessary 
necessary to handle a heart very carefully during a deliverance moment, right? Because I want to always keep my eyes on the human person, even when I'm having to cast a demon out. Um, you know, so it's who needs who who is God putting new garments on today? And, and you you just won't die to what you think you're supposed to be or who you think you're supposed to be. Or maybe everybody else has told you you're supposed to be this one thing or another thing. And and the truth is, God is going, no, don't listen to them. I'm, I am giving you new garments You've been living in a, in a less than life. You have bought into some less than calling, you know, and some of us, we live in grave clothes too long over things. And I was certainly one of those. And God's saying, you know, you have a robe of righteousness, but I have a new pair of garments for you. And I'm about to change your entire wardrobe. And there was a season before, I mean, well, after we got this building, he was remodeling my house. He said, Shelly, I'm remodeling your life. I'm remodeling your ministry, your calling, everything you thought was true. It will be gone. And now you're getting new wardrobe, a whole new wardrobe. He made me get rid of all my leggings. I was a legging girl. He said, no more. That is no more how I want you to dress. I had to get blazers. There was a certain thing he wanted to clothe me with, you know. And so I had to walk out in the natural, some of that. And I would go through my closet and he would say, you're going to get rid of that, that and that. Don't buy any more of this. What I used to look like in the natural even had to change so it could line up with who I was in the spirit. And that's for some of you guys today. As you heal, your clothes are going to change. You will have a new wardrobe. You will have new garments. You will not look like not only who you were, but how maybe your family line looked. Right. Because God is saying, but you are individual. I've called you in this season. There's a freshness. When I was in the deepest part of my grief, my hair was black. Let me tell you, if that wasn't a natural manifestation of where my heart was in that season in such pain. Right. And today I'm, I marvel at the fact, yes, I pay for my red hair. But you know what? I feel like God has said to me, you're, you're going to be have to be a fiery one in this season to fight for justice. Number one, and and to deliver uh, people from demonic bondage. And some of you, frankly, your closets, that which hangs up in your closet and your dresser and drawers, the way you dress on a daily basis is about to change. And it's all because God is giving you a new wardrobe. All right. So God, I pray in the name of Jesus, whoever this is for, they know it right in their spirit, God, and that they will surrender all to you, that they will become everything you have desired them to be, and they will not settle for one thing less. I pray, God, that maybe if it's a suddenly change that they're not expecting, that you will put a delight in their heart to even go. I can even see a closet right now, people running into their closets and start changing, changing what's on their hangers. God, that you would begin to to have throw, have clothes just being thrown out of their closet because you're redressing them for this season. And I thank you, God, because you are the perfect the perfect one to outfit us, to give us the outfits for this season. God, we bless you today in the name of Jesus for what you're doing. Amen. And y'all, mm, I think God is in a new season with me. He's in a new season with you. Let us all embrace it. Okay, and I'll check with you next week. 
We hope today's episode has blessed you and encouraged you to pursue Christ passionately. To join us again for more encouragement, equipping, and empowering, subscribe to the 320 Podcast. We would also like to invite you to enjoy our round-the-clock radio station, Royalty For Real Radio for Women, at royaltyforreal.com. That's royalty, the number four, real.com. <laughs>